Joining me this week back for a revisit from season one is Steph Gongora. And Steph has had a lot of change uh, since moving to Costa Rica and opening Flow Retreat Center and some surprises along the way, including an surprise pregnancy and some transitions that they're making in their lives as a result. Some things that happened rather quickly because of the pandemic, which seems to have put a lot of change in a lot of people's lives. I'm just so happy that she had the time to sit down and have a conversation and speak about what's going on with the Authentic Movement School and their approach to how they're going to teach, what they're going to offer, and all of the changes that life as we know it right now is bringing along with it. It's a great conversation, and I hope that you will enjoy it as much as we enjoyed having the conversation together. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining me today for another episode of Titanium Blonde Talks, the podcast that is all about women and their stories and their lives. More important now than ever, I believe. And joining me again is Steph Gongora. She's been on once in a previous episode, and I'm so excited to have her back. There's been a lot of change in her life between when we talked the last time and now. And just as a refresher, she and her husband own Flow Retreat Center in Costa Rica, and she runs a a yoga school, Authentic Movements, where they do teacher trainings and they have online classes and a lot of ways to practice yoga with both herself and Erin and Bianca. And if you're looking for some fantastic resources, she also has books that she has available. So there's a lot of different ways that you can find Steph besides her free content that she also posts on Instagram. She's a wealth of information and she's happy to share. And that's one of my favorite things about her. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Sherry. I'm really glad to be back here and excited to give people some updates about all the things happening in our lives and the changes that are still coming. (laughs) You guys are in North Carolina. You've been there now for how long? Let's see. Yes, we're in March. North Carolina, so that's about an hour north of Asheville. And we moved here at the end of March, a little suddenly. We had planned to move at the end of May. We had a few more events happening down at Flow Retreat Center in Costa Rica. But then, of course, COVID-19 came about and we were a little nervous about flights running out. So we decided to come over here lest we leave our new property kind of empty. <laughs> Right. I know that you had also talked about the fact that um, you guys had put Flow Retreat Center up for sale as a part of this transition. And you explained, you know, part of the reason you were doing this was one, you, you've had a baby in between the time that we last talked and now. And she's now, how old is she? She's nine months old? Little Taos is about nine and a half months old. And yes, she was a very unexpected surprise. Welcome, but unexpected. (laughs) And being closer to family and able to travel a little bit among all of our family in the States was definitely important and a big part of the decision about moving and putting flow on the market, which was hard. I know. I mean, I know that was a 10-year whole process of you guys figuring out that's what you wanted to do and finally realizing that dream. 
And uh, how long, how, what did it take you all together? So once you bought the property, how long did it take before you got everything built and you were up and running? Oh, well, you know, it's always a continual process. I think that (laughs) after we brought the property, it took us about a year and a half to two years to get up and running. But then during the last, I would say, year and a half, we were still building and adding on additional housing and, and changing things. And you're right, it was it was a 10-year dream of mine, and we achieved it a little bit faster than I thought, which was fabulous. Um, and I'm so glad that we were able to host a lot of groups, and we still have some groups in this upcoming season at Flow because it is a really special place. And it also taught me to be a little bit flexible with my dreams because after opening it and having a lot of sessions there and just dealing with the intricacies of hosting trainings in a foreign country where a lot of people coming don't speak the language and maybe aren't aware of just some of the risks of being in the middle of the jungle. I learned that I love Costa Rica and I want more time there for us to explore the land and the people and the cultures and the beaches and to move more of my work side back to the States where people are, it's a little bit easier and more accessible to find your own transport and things like that. Well, and logistically, I know sometimes like just getting things to be able to be shipped to Costa Rica can be an experience in its own self. And a lot of times you had to have people who came to visit you bring stuff with them because it just wasn't feasible to try and even get them there in any other form. Oh, yes. I mean, things you don't even think about really in the States or, or elsewhere, just shipping of yoga props or something like that, or, you know, little silly things that don't really matter, but feel important at the time. Like, can we get 50 matching yoga blocks? Not really. Well, <laughs> and I've been 20 somewhere and 10 somewhere else and five neon well, and foam I, ones. And I remember you talking about your manuals that you were putting together and, oh. and just being able to, you know, get those all together so that you would have them for when your trainees showed up to participate. So, sure. Yeah. I mean, we lived in a tiny beach town and and asking, we luckily, Uvita, Costa Rica is is very small, um, but has a lot of amenities uh, because there's there's some business there and they have a few little print shops, but my goodness, the shop when I was like, hi, I'm going to need, you know, 35 of these 700 page manuals printed in color and bound. And they were like, um, (laughs) we didn't have that much color (laughs) ink. Sorry. <laughs> so just things you don't really think about so much in the state, but, but become a big deal in the jungle. Like if someone breaks a plate, you can just go over to wherever you bought your local restaurant supply store and probably there's the same plates or dish set. And here we're like, well, they don't have any more white dishes. So we're going to grab this neon pink one <laughs> for all the bowls that were broken. Little, little detail. Yeah. You put it up for sale, but it, it sounds like you're going to host some events there later later this year is that correct yes yeah, so technically it's still on the market however we've pulled a lot of the advertising for it um right. we unfortunately due to COVID-19 had to cancel uh I shouldn't say cancel we had to reschedule our April 2020 training because obviously Costa Rica closed the borders which was a good thing for them to do and then we had some May events as well so we bumped those to next high season in Costa Rica, which will be January, February and March of 2021. And then we'll probably actively start marketing it again. You know, things change. It's possible that 
we may hold on to it for a little bit longer, um, although that will definitely make financials tight for us as we also try to open a smaller version of the center here in North Carolina. Right. I love seeing, you know, your videos on the new property and the goat house. It's going to be Aaron's house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she was and, so excited. And- I mean, she that, that sold the property for us. Aaron was like, and I'm going to live in that tiny little house next to yours. Perfect. <laughs> Now, is your parents in North Carolina? They are. They're in Hickory, so that's about two hours away from us. Also a beautiful area. I thought that that's what I had remembered. And you guys have this gorgeous, huge barn on the property that's incredible. Yes, it used to be, originally, I think it was an old tobacco barn because it has all these beautiful beans that go across the ceiling for used to be hanging and drying tobacco. And then the previous owners, they insulated it and put in a wood stove and cleared out some of the overhang so that there's a lot of space. And they were using it as a beautiful woodworking shop. Oh. And so now it's, it's just pristine. It's been restored. We're going to seal the floor and put in some, some nice lighting and airflow, but it's perfect for a big yoga space that we can probably use year round. So very excited. Yeah, that's that. what I was going to say because I know in Costa Rica you guys are limited to when the rainy season shows up. I always was like, okay, we're going to see if we can get the car <laughs> out. <laughs> exactly. So you know, I'm a little bit excited to be able to do some chillier weather uh, trainings here. Not uh-huh. that it gets very very cold in this part of North Carolina, but we are in the mountains, so it right. definitely gets colder than Costa Rica. And it, it would be nice to have the little wood stove going, doing some yoga in there. Now, are you going to be able to do any of your aerial stuff in there? Yes, I think we're going to hang some hammocks and maybe a few hoops as well. We have to check. Uh, Luckily, we have some friends who are much more adept at construction than myself and Ben, and they will be kind of moving over to help us in the next month or so. And that's one of the things we're going to text is the structural support. How many aerial toys can stuff hang in the yoga barn? (laughs) And then Ben has space somewhere else for the gym set up. Is that correct? We are building one. Uh, That's another thing that our our friend who's coming in is going to assist with. Right now, the gym is downstairs. (laughs) Yeah, I I knew that you had a basement down there. Yeah, family room is well, what better space for a gym is a family room. I mean, at least for you guys. Now, remind me if I'm, or correct me if I'm wrong, but you did all of the design work for the buildings in Costa Rica, correct? Oh, I did, Sherry. And I, <laughs> like I say, I thought that this was going to take a lot longer, um, our Costa Rica project. My my husband is definitely a doer and I am a planner. And <laughs> that, that's great. And it's a good mix. Yeah. I pull him back. He pushes me forward. And for Costa Rica, I designed flow in about five hours on an app on my iPad. I remember you <laughs> showing that. And I was like, that's incredible. Oh, he said, we need to get them today, right now to get the permits. And I just remember being like, all right, here's what I think. So it's going to be really nice to have a bit more time. We've already had some time to contemplate ideas because we're going to do a smaller version here. We're going to do partial lodging. There's a lot of Airbnbs around the area yeah. and I'd love to give business to some of our neighbors. And also there's a lot of locals who might want to come. So we're not going to build lodging for everyone. The yoga barn could easily hold 30, 35 students. However, we're thinking about only having lodging for about 10 to 12. And staff. Well, that makes a lot less worse work for you. I know that that was yeah. one of the things you guys had learned that running a retreat center takes a lot of time and energy. It does. And it's lovely to have that community, especially because for most of our trainings and events, they are a little bit more time intensive. And so it's hard for people to, to come and go from someplace that's very far away. 
and having to drive up the mountain in Costa Rica, that wasn't really an option. People couldn't stay elsewhere for a teacher training. But here, uh, there, there are some Airbnbs that are quick, five, 10 minute drive. And it gives people a unique opportunity also to kind of form their own little group around the area and then just come together for the training and meals because we also have a communal kitchen on site so that we can feed everybody together. Well, I know I, that was one of the great things I noticed about the Flow Retreat Centers. You had this great, huge commercial kitchen that you guys yeah. cranked out some some fabulous meals out of. So everything is kind of on hold. Do you, this is a lot of stuff going on financially for you guys to keep both locations. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're telling me, especially after having to reschedule and push the the last round of events. Luckily, flow now that it's built in Costa Rica, you know, there's no there's no mortgages or anything down there, and if if you do get a loan, it's it's just not a good deal for for you. So right, I I knew that you had said that before that you know that yeah. was pretty much a cash deal. <laughs> it was a lot out of pocket, and it cost us a lot of money, but. Once it was built, it doesn't necessarily take that much money to run. Right, so right. our burn is not that high over there. We have our wonderful friends who are taking care of the center for us. Still, it's it's definitely a lot of money out of pocket. And that's why we're hoping to eventually to at least sell the retreat portion and then keep the land next door for ourselves to build a little a little house that we can go to sometimes. But yeah, it's, it's going to be a bit of a challenge. <laughs> that's why I've got some new ventures launching. We have we're also trying to pivot a little bit more to the online space, which is hard when everybody's spread out. It is hard. I, you know, and as we talked about before we started recording, you know, I, I learned that in an accelerated rate for, you know, a small group of people here where I work and live to try and coordinate all of your instructors that you have and all of the things that you do, you know, that that's a, that's a lot of coordination going on there. It's a pretty steep learning curve, isn't it? It is. And, <laughs> you know, I'm learning, but computers are, are not my forte and having to work with our new subscription website. Luckily, we have a friend who's a wonderful web designer who made the site for me. But then having him try to teach me how to upload new content and sort it and filter it so it appears in the right place. It's complex, but I'm working on it. <laughs> and it's a useful skill in, in today's world. So Well, and you let me know if you need some help. I, you know, the techie girl geek in my heart would love to help you out because, um, I, you know, I've been working off and on in technology since the eighties. And it was like, all of a sudden when this all hit, it's like, I have some ideas. Yes. I have, some, I have visionary thoughts about where we could go with this and how we could make this work. And, and luckily the people that I work for were so trusting of me being, giving me the capacity to be able to do it is, uh, was pretty cool. So, but yeah, it was, I've stuffed my brain so full of <laughs> technology that there are days where I just go, I can't, I can't even pick up my phone. I don't want to look at my computer. I can't have one more piece of digital information coming in to that. I have to process. I understand that. <laughs> I figured sure. you would. I figured you would. So it sounds like you guys are getting ready to do some building soon then in the new space. Yeah. Yeah. So we are partnering with, I'm not sure if you know, Kate Nolan. She's a yoga teacher um, in North Carolina and her partner, Joe Fox, they run a homestead farm over in Ernal, which is about six hours from here over at the coast. And Joe is coming down, I believe next month to start construction. And then Kate is finishing up some things at the farm before she comes down with the chickens and the ducks oh. and some critters to join us. So I'm really excited about that too. And she's a fabulous yoga teacher. So it'll be nice to have her 
kind of so she, on the teaching. She's going to be doing some teaching then for you? Yeah, oh, sure. Mm-hmm. We basically tell her whatever she wants to do, and they'll be cooking for us as oh. well because they're both fabulous chefs. So. Oh, great. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I love to see the collaborations like that, to see where you can pull people in that have some of the same skills that you do, but also have other skills that you don't. And it becomes this really, I mean, it's just, it's a family, right? You're just creating this whole family unit that you can work together with. And I just think that that is, to me, that's, I see that as the most successful, right? It's not about a corporation and you have a a board that you have to keep happy or whatever, that you guys are doing this as a collective. And it's, I think that's incredible. Uh, That's really wonderful. Good for you. Thank you. That's the dream. Erin and, and her partner are looking at property actually that's across the street from us. And then I'm trying to convince Bianca that she needs oh, to move. So, so Erin is not going to actually live in the goat house. She well, might live across the street. No, that's an option. <laughs> be land across the street for sale. So she's looking into it and seeing if that's a, a good option for her as well. Oh, great. Great. I'm waiting to have her join me for an updated conversation as well. I told her that now that she's not in London, that we could, we need to do another conversation and just check in on where she is these days and what's going on for her too. So I know that you guys originally were thinking about just having the retreat center to host retreats for other people and not necessarily... So for those of you that can't see Steph, she just leaned forward and <laughs> held her head in her hand oh, for a second. Explain to me how that all came about. You know, what was I'm... the what was the driver? Do you remember? Oh, what? sure. I mean, originally we were looking for how can we sustain ourselves in Costa Rica, and so right. we thought, well, open a retreat center. We can. We know a lot of people in the movement and the fitness and the wellness and the nutrition field. We'll pull some people in to do retreats, and then we're like, well, we should probably test it out and do events for ourselves there. And plus, it's nice to have your own place to do events, especially when you're very needy, like us at Authentic Movements. We love props. We love (laughs) to have two to four blocks, two blankets, two straps. And that's not necessarily something you can ask of a lot of studios. And so it just started out with a few events. And then we kept adding more events. And Ben kept adding more events. And now we had alumni. And so alumni needed their own week to come. And suddenly, <laughs> the most of the season was taken up with authentic movements and Ben's event. So <laughs> it it's kind of just how, how things change. You know, you think you have a plan, and it turns out a little bit differently. And for a while, that was wonderful. And, and I do love hosting events. And we're going to continue doing so both here at our own place as well as elsewhere to give some other cool centers the business. But it's also nice to provide some of that online education so that people can access it where, whenever they want and I can have a little bit more time because well, for a while there, it felt like it was back to back to back to back to back to back to back. It was. I mean, it didn't feel, it was. You, <laughs> and having a baby changes your perspective in so many ways. And, you know, and just being able to maintain some sort of sanity, which, you know, I think all parents are insane. I was insane. (laughs) You're you're just, that's just a part of being a parent. You know, that that's a lot of responsibility and a lot of work. I know that you are, you're one of the most giving teachers that I've seen in terms of you have so much to offer and it's really an art for you 
to be able to pass that on to other people. And so that's that's a that's a lot of energetic output going on for you as well in terms of that. So I'm going to be curious to see how you bring all of that together and make it work. But I think, you know, it's so smart. I, I truly believe that after everything we've been through these last few months, that the world of fitness and, and movement and nutrition and all of that has changed and that the online space is is going to be so much bigger than anybody anticipated that it never hurts to have another stream of income especially one that you don't have to manage right exactly and they, and they bring some accessibility to it as well because yes. everybody has busy schedules now and especially just with the current market things are changing and people have to be available to do what they need to do with the drop of the hat and so having something they can come back to whenever they need it and maybe some live check-in points to make sure that people are getting that mentorship along with trainings is helpful, but having that availability makes it a lot more accessible to people. It and does. It makes it a lot easier for me as a mom too. <laughs> You well, are. I was going to ask you this because this is the conversation that we've been having at the club in terms of movements. And, you know, when you do those record, those pre-recorded sessions that are available is how do you supplement the connection between the instructor and the student to keep them to keep their motivation up like what how you know we're, we're talking about how do we bring that what do we do do we do Facebook live times every once in a while or what do we do so that we can keep that motivation because sometimes it's hard to do that when you're just in a pre-recorded session different than a live stream right because a live stream you're getting sure input back and forth. But but when you do those record, which I think like you, I agree, it's so important to be able to have that access that you can, you know, go to, you can find, search for your favorite instructor, you can do whatever it is that you want to do. You can do that at three o'clock in the morning if that's what you want to do, right? So that's incredible to have that option. But so what have, what are your thoughts around how do you keep people motivated in that sort of an environment? Well, I think that's going to be one of the biggest challenges moving forward with this new system where things move more online is how much do you require slash offer these live connections? Because again, you want it to be accessible to people. And if you have students who are across the world from you, you don't want to require that they get on a live call at 3am. But at the same time, it it is really important to us. And that's one of the reasons that Authentic Movements has always taught those long 28 to 32 day intensive yeah. trainings is because you build such a community. So we, we're we still experimenting for our training that got postponed from April. We've done a few check-in calls. We've made them optional thus far. And we have an optional book club going where people can connect in the Facebook group that they've always had already. And I think that that does help. And then we connect every week to chat about uh, the current book that we're reading. And as far as moving forward in the future, we are considering doing some partially online 200 and 300 hours where we will then have weekly uh, check-ins at a few different times because we understand that not everybody is available at the same time, especially when you're all over the world. But I do think that although it may take down the accessibility because people's availability abilities are different. I think that having that live connection is important, even if we can't get together all as the big group, say if there's 28 students or something involved, even if we can get involved in groups of five to eight to be able to see each other face to face and have a discussion and chat because that in-person element, even if it's through a screen, really does add something to it. And I think it's very important, especially if you're going to be teaching people eventually in real life. 
<laughs> well, and the funny thing is, is that I was speaking with Siggy Kolb, who's in Africa, and uh, she was talking about the fact that she was able to sign up for a teacher training with someone in, I want to say maybe Connecticut or somewhere. And she said, you know what, Sherry? She said, I would not have been able to do this in person because it would have been prohibitive in terms of cost and time away because her studio is on her property. She's the only instructor. She doesn't have anybody that subs. And so she said, this gave me the opportunity to do a 300 hour training, which I've wanted to do. And and to be able to do it from my own home and make it be cost effective. And she was also talking about when she was started doing online Zoom classes that she had people showing up from Germany and other European countries, as well as from the States that, you know, they either don't have the kind of class that she offers available or it's too expensive or it's not in the time that they can do. And so she was talking about just the opportunity of being able to expand that space. And yes, there's can be some problematics in terms of time difference and all of that but um i just think you kind of you've widened the circle right when you're doing that oh, you're sure. widening your circle for that i think that you can be creative and still still make it all work it might take a little more work in the beginning but and just like you you know, I'm sure that you learned with flow from the first time you opened the doors and started hosting retreats to refining that process as you went along, that you learn as you go, you change as you need to and approach whatever, you know, concerns or roadblocks or whatever it is as you go. And it forces you to be a little bit more creative. You know, you guys didn't get to be as successful as you were down there by just saying, this is how it's going to be. And that's all there's going to be to it. I, I have full faith that you will figure out this online piece and, and have it be something that people will be very happy to be a part of. Well, thank you, Sherry. It's, it's definitely going to require some flexibility and you know a, a variety of options because also I think that people want content for different reasons. Right. You know, some people take online content who are already teachers and would like to refresh or dig deeper. They're not necessarily worried about getting a certificate from the school at the end that right. they can register with the Oak Alliance. And some people do crave that in-person connection. So we're exploring options where we can have a fully online training, regardless of whether or not Yoga Alliance keeps their fully online uh, registered option. Uh, so that if people just want that, they can have that. And we're also right. examining having a partially online training that culminates with a seven to 10 day intensive so that we can get in touch with people. And we'll offer those intensives a few times a year so that basically you can do the online portion during your own time and however long it takes you and then also save up for right. the intensive and come when you're ready. And hopefully enough people will be involved where there'll be a large group that can chat regularly whenever anyone is available. And I think if people are passionate enough about their project and what they're involved in, that they, they do take the time to reach out and be a part of live sessions and things. I'm involved in a 100 hour right now with Carson Calhoun, and it's a lot of fun. There's people posting 20, 25 times a day. I think there's probably 30 people in the training, but people are posting constantly on the Facebook group, little videos, just saying hi, you know, asking for feedback. And it feels like a community. So it can be done. And I'm sure it's going to be challenging. And I'm up for new challenges. They're always exciting. Well, and you know, and my thing was, it's like, 
you can sit there and bemoan the fact that this is going on and things are changing and oh my God, and I can't control this. Or you can go, okay, what's my vision? How can I make this be something that can maximize the space that we do have? And not only that, I think when you do that, you create those connections so that later on when, like you said, when people do want to come together, that they sort of already have this kind of this familial sense, this this community, this membership together. And I think that when you do then meet in person, it kind of accelerates that, that, that space, right? That connection that, Ooh, you know, that yummy stuff that you get from being together. I think that the reality is, is that we just have to be able to be as nimble as possible. And that even though I know that all of this shutdown has really hurt a lot of small businesses that I think that some of this will force some creativity and some spaces of we need to change, we need to pivot, we need to alter how we look at how we do business and create a whole new environment for things to happen. There will be people who will be front runners in that, there will be the visionaries and there will be people that you will have to drag them through that kicking and screaming. I think that like what you're talking about is an opportunity to really create even more connection than you would have, right? That, you know, you can just really foster that whole space. The community just enlarges instead of contracting. I agree. And I think it's not even just about more connection is we can start to offer more content. And secretly, I'm a little bit excited about this transition into at least partially online, because it it really is no secret that our trainings are a lot of work. (laughs) And we shove a lot of things into those 28 to 32 days. And honestly, I'd make it 60 days if I can because 200 hours is just not enough when you're first diving into this world of yoga and so the ability to give people this massive information online that they can work through at their own time means that our initial training will probably be a lot more than 200 hours when it comes to it when there's no timer on you you know like when people are there in person morning class may be a little bit longer there'll be more time for reading and discussions even if they're just online and then when people do come to meet together, they will be more prepared and be able yeah. to take more from the experience, even if it's a short well, one. And I know that you know this, but everybody has a different learning style and a different speed for their learning spot, learning style. So you're kind of widening that space for people to shift their own gears and move in their own pace. And, and that could potentially open up space for folks who maybe would not come because they feel overwhelmed by what they would have to do in 32 days in person and you're giving them the space to kind of really gear up to get to that place so that when they do come, they feel a little bit more comfortable with being able to transition. I look at stuff like that and I think about, you know, you can you can think about it in a limiting space or you can really think about it as this gives you a lot of different opportunities to offer things at different levels than you could ever possibly do. And I know for myself personally, I did my, what was supposed to be a 200 hour training at a local studio that ended up being much much long. I mean, by the time I got done, it was probably closer to 500 hours and a lot of practical teaching skills in the studio working with my instructor and all of that because it was right here in my own community, right? I mean, it was, I could have walked from my place to go and work in the yoga studio. So I found that to be incredibly helpful. And that when I, and I had already been teaching, I got a, a much shorter 
certification to start out with and got done and went, I need more information. <laughs> and the woman who was my instructor is still, you know, I mean, she, it's been almost 19 years. She's still a mentor to me, even though my practice and my teaching style has changed over those 18 years. It's a connection that has never been lost in all of these years. And so I think about that and think about what you're offering. And it's, it's the space of being able to build those long-term connections that are, there's no way to put a, a value on anything like that. It's just something that is, it enriches your life for as long as you maintain those connections. I agree. I, you know, as we talked about, we were planning and mostly doing other people's events, but I think part right. of the reason that we kept doing ours is I love the community aspect and that's not something that I expected. I'm fairly introverted, but in these intense bursts of having people stay for two weeks or 28 days and really get down and dirty with the yoga and discussions and debate, you form bonds really quickly. And it's wonderful to then stay in touch with those people. And I think that's what's driving us to do at least some in-person nature. It's not saying that you can make that connection beforehand and possibly even make it stronger by connecting online and then in person, Definitely. but I'll be excited to always at least do some short stint of in-person work. Well, and, and the other thing is too, is, you know, just as I was teaching my yoga class today, it was just, we were talking about the fact that even though we're doing these things online, we're still all interconnected right? We're still a part of the same community. And even though we're in our own homes and all of that, we're still connected. And for me as an instructor, it's so great to, I get to see their pets. I get to see sometimes kids or grandkids. I get to see the, the spaces where they live. And it gives me a depth of connect, connection with these people that I don't get just when they show up in the studio for a 75 minute class. It's been interesting to see all of that happen. And my granddaughter is now, I have her back Back on Wednesdays. And so on Wednesdays, when I teach, she does a really good job of watching, you know, Moana or whatever she <laughs> picks for her movie. And then in the end, she gets to come out and do the, the final thing where we, you know, everybody brings their hands to their heart and she gets to wave and say goodbye to everybody. So it's, it's just a space that it's much, a, it's a much deeper connection than I could ever have had in in the club with people coming in to take class. I, I think that you're on the right track with all of that, that it'll just be something that will be so much stronger. That connection will affect people for a much longer time as a result of that. Well, thank you. We're very much looking forward to it. And I'm sure change, our plans will change at least 10 times as we go through this, but that's to be expected. And that's part of the fun. Well, I mean, sure. Because you're gonna, you're gonna find where the pain points are that are gonna need some adjusting and some. Maybe you throw something out and put something else in to replace it. I need to know more about Tao Tao Pow Pow. Just so yeah. Oh my goodness, she grew so quickly. So nine and a half months now. She is a wild woman already. She started crawling, I would say, about five and a half months. And for the last two months, we have been constantly standing and pretending to walk, but she cannot walk. So, so we're in the danger zone here of she's constantly standing and then just like throwing herself out in space. Like, I got this, mom. And I'm like, well, you don't have it quite yet. <laughs> oh. Is she, she a climber? Is she a climber? She is a too? climber as well. Yeah. She's just a mover. 
a mover, a mover, a mover. I, I'm part you of, you know, Facebook like everybody else. <laughs> no, I'm not surprised. But I see, I see all these other videos in my mom's Facebook groups of babies from around the same time. And they're like quietly sitting and playing with blocks or something. And mine is over there trying to throw herself off the bed or climb up over her baby gate <laughs> or yelling. <laughs> so, but it's good. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have sur- it any other way. She's very involved and very active. I'm not surprised one bit that doesn't surprise me at all and i know this that the the whole thing of having a baby was a major surprise for you guys yeah and you were living in a foreign country living up in the jungle and i was like you know this woman is having that baby in a freaking jungle like <laughs> far away from a freaking hospital yeah and and you seemed very calm yeah you know it it's funny when we found out and of course it was a surprise because I had the IUD and Ben and I were discussing a lot of people would be scared about that but I actually told him the only way I want to have this baby is here in the jungle and having her grow up at least part of the year in in Costa Rica and were there nerves involved as we got closer to birth sure but we also explored options we we used a midwife however we did go and have visits with an OBGYN in the area during the pregnancy so that if anything were to go wrong or risk factors were to increase someone would be familiar with me and my pregnancy we did hospital tours of private and public hospitals in the area so that if we needed to go there we would we wouldn't be surprised by the process and I just tried to stay healthy and minimize risk the most that I could so that I would feel comfortable being out in the jungle <laughs> and well, I prayed that you know, the power wouldn't go off in the middle <laughs> because I'm sure it was going to be at night and it was but we did not lose power so that's a plus <laughs> <laughs> All of those things that you just said, it was like, this is the planner that you're the planner and yeah. you was doing all of that work, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. And people say you, doesn't you can't surprise plan, me at all. You can't plan for, for birth, but I, I would like to argue that you can definitely plan and then you can be flexible because you know all the options. <laughs> right. Well, and, and then if you have to make a decision or a choice yeah. about something midway through, it's not like you're scrambling to try and figure it out. You already have some knowledge and exactly. some, some stuff that, in your back pocket that, that you can pull out and go, works. here's what we're doing. Well, <laughs> it wants to think of all the different routes and all the things that could happen or I want to happen. And what am I going to do in these situations? And luckily everything went, went very smoothly. I, I was very lucky for, for not expecting to get pregnant and then having a very easy pregnancy and a very easy birth as well. So. And, you know, you guys eat so great in a way. <laughs> uh, I always loved it when you would do your, when you would go to the market and buy the fresh fruits yes. and vegetables and you'd show everything and then show the cooking. I mean, I loved watching all of your meals and, and of course, you know, Ben, and do you even salad? I mean, <laughs> We're still doing that over here. So, and the farmers market opened up. So I'm excited to get back on farmers market halls and do even salad because the sales are still happening. And now, Tao Tao Pow Pow takes the participation in this as well. She loves her salad. She her favorite foods are probably like cucumber, kale, and strawberries, sweet potato fries. Yeah, <laughs> and strawberries. <laughs> well, now, are you guys gonna have a garden on site too? We already do. So we have. We have a big greenhouse. Yeah, we have a big greenhouse and it's full. And then 
the property has about three big growing fields that used to be used wow. for herb and lavender farming and asparagus. Oh, wow. And so there's actually an asparagus patch still on the property. And my uh, friend Joe, who's coming down next month, he already put a few big tarps down to kind of get the ground ready for planting for this summer. So we will definitely have a farm and they'll be bringing the chickens and the ducks. I know. So you're going to have chickens and what else are you going to have? We're going to have some ducks and possibly a goat or two. And then we're going to see from there, depending on whether or not Erin and her partner decide to snatch that land across the road. And we can add some more critters. There's not a lot of space here for anything larger than goats, but it would now, do you be have, fun. Do you have water? Do you have like a lake or a pond or something on so there too? There's a that runs through the property um, in a few places. And then there is a small pond, which we're probably going to enlarge for the ducks. And the big river. The big river is nearby. Um, the French Broad runs through Marshall and it's really popular for uh, whitewater rafting and kayaking and things like that it's funny we're here and we didn't even realize that a lot of the things are very similar to Costa Rica there's a zip lining place about 10 minutes down the road there's like water (laughs) well that's good so there's a little familiarity there yeah which is lovely we're coming up on one year oh man and you said um grandparents are there again so that's always such as being a grandparent and being able to be close to my granddaughter has been one of the greatest joys of my life. I get to see her every week. Uh, we have one day together. Sometimes we have time together on the weekends to do spendovers. And the hardest thing to go through was to not be able to spend time with her during this whole thing. And I stretched it out as long as I could before we decided to make sure we did distancing. And I would go and see her a few times and it was really hard. She's three and and it was, it was heart-wrenching a lot of times because she all she wanted to do was to hug me and kiss me and do a spend over and she had all these questions and it was just it was it was hard on me and I know it was really I mean it was just heartbreaking those days to go why do you have to go home Momo why can't you stay there's something about I was raised around family my grandparents were were close I had aunts uncles and cousins that lived on the same street that I did when I was a kid and that connection to family I mean even still all three of my brothers and I all live close to my parents. Our parents are all involved in our kids' lives. It's one of those things that is, you know, it's just, and everyone looks at me and goes, do you realize how strange your family is? And I'm like, well, I mean, I know, we're, I, know we're, I know we're weird, but she's like, you know, a lot of families don't have the closeness and connection and time spent together that you guys do. And I'm like, you know, and they're like, that's, that's really unusual. I'm like, not to, I mean, that's the way I grew up. This is not a surprise to me. And the one thing that really hit home for me was one day my mom said, you know, all the old people are gone and your dad and I are now the old. <laughs> <laughs> But what a wonderful thing to be to be needed and to be a part of that community too, that family. It's been really helpful for us to have uh, my in-laws who are essentially stuck with us when the pandemic started. <laughs> but it, it was it was fabulous because I was spoiled in Costa Rica. We had our friends who lived on the property. We had our lovely friend Karen who took fabulous care of Tata Pa Pao during our trainings there so that I could teach and she was right. you know, 10 feet away from me with, with Tia Karen. And when we left, I didn't have that. So yeah. it's, been, it's been a struggle this last month of Ben and I trying to work full time while also raising a baby. And we're very lucky and privileged to be able to work from home most of the time and to be able to take care of her. But 
it's a challenge to find time to record, especially when she's right now she's only napping on mommy. So yeah, I know when you post your nap tracked picture, uh, trapped oh. pictures that she she likes to be on mommy when she takes a nap. <laughs> exactly. And everyone's like, can you have a nanny at two, or can you do this with this? I'm like, that's not how my life runs now. It runs after first nap and after second nap. I don't know what time that's going to be, <laughs> but I can chat with you or meet up or do whatever you need after nap. <laughs> well, and that's what was so funny to me when you when you texted me yesterday and said um, she doesn't seem to want a nap, and oh, I was God. like, I know exactly what that's like. Don't worry about it. We'll oh. we'll we'll adjust, right? You know, I because think we're getting a top two. And, and it just that's what I was going to ask about because when they don't nap a lot of times it's because there's teeth going on yeah she's so. got two bottom ones which look hilarious and adorable <laughs> uh, and we've been waiting she's had those two for probably almost three months now so we're waiting for a top tooth and I think I see one poking through a little bit so she's been a little cranky and yeah. has only wanted to nap on mommy for about the last three weeks well and my granddaughter got her teeth early I mean she had you know a lot of teeth by the time she was about nine months old. And uh, it was just like, I mean, that poor kid, I, I, there were times when she, it seemed like all she did was teething because there was one tooth oh, yeah. after the next, after the next. And it was like, you know, this is really exhausting. I don't know how she's doing it because I need a nap. I don't know whether she does, <laughs> but I need a nap. We all need a nap. That's how I feel. <laughs> we all need a nap. Yeah, and every time she starts to get a tooth, it's, it's danger zone for mommy with the breastfeeding because she's like, oh, what? It's this new thing that I have in my mouth and I will bite. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) Well, I am so excited to hear about everything that you have going on. When I saw that you guys were putting flow retreat up for sale, I knew what a, a, a hard decision and choice that was to make. And, and I felt for, you know, all of those things. And I thought, but you know, if they could do that there, they can do that wherever they go. And the fact that you want to keep connection there and have a space there where that you can live and be able to go back and forth is, that's really wonderful. Because I've just been dying. It's like, I got to get Steph to come back on and talk about <laughs> what's going on. Because I, I know there's stuff and I just don't know yeah. enough. Life so, changes. It is sad and I'm certainly still processing the whole thing. However, I am also very excited to do it again because like I said, it was a little bit rushed the first time around. We all know hindsight is twenty twenty, and having this time to plan and look at how we can change that and still then spend time and enjoy Costa Rica because that has a big part of my heart as well and I will always be there. Well, and I, I know that you that you guys really loved Costa Rica. So um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I was a citizen now. So I she, was going to say. Know, she's, so she's so does she does she hold dual citizenship then? Yeah, she does. Yeah. Costa Rica has dual citizenship options. So she is a Tika and she is a U.S. citizen. Now, and don't you and Ben have, you have residency. We are residents of Costa Rica. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember you guys talking about that whole process and having to go down. Because when we were going to, when we were going to do the first interview, you're like, yeah, we got to go down and do some paperwork with our residency. And I'm not sure what time we're going to be back. We actually have to do it all again because what we did in the past was, was temporary residency based on our property investment. We were investors or inversionistas, they call them. 
And then with Taotao's birth, we can upgrade to permanent residence because she's a citizen there. So, but it just keeps uh, filing all that paperwork again. <laughs> yeah, and don't you have to go quite a ways away from the center oh, yeah. in order to oh, do yeah. that? Four hours. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. And this time with the baby. So yeah. <laughs> I look yeah, but, forward to it. <laughs> but but Ben bought himself like an all-terrain vehicle down there. I loved looking at those pictures of those oh, big giant tires. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that you guys could get you guys could get around when the rains hit and, and the roads yeah. were, were kind of <laughs> iffy. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time, the conversation, and just being able to check back in. And uh I'm so excited for all of your new ventures that you guys have going. I can't wait to just watch Tao Tao as she grows up. And <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion she's gonna be a little bit of a spitfire. I think I she's going to keep you and Ben on your toes. That sounds accurate. And I very <laughs> much looking, look forward to keeping you guys updated on what she's doing and, and her new growth attributes and also what we're doing, because I'm sure things will change. And it's fun to keep people updated. And I'm honored well, that people are interested. And I just, I love that you are willing to do that, that to <laughs> share, you know, with everybody, because it's, it's just, it's incredible to just watch the process and, and see how that all works. At least to me, I don't care about what anybody else thinks. I'm just <laughs> talking about this. Your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, again, thank you so much and much love to all of you. And I'm hoping that you guys just all stay healthy and that everything goes as smoothly as it possibly can for you. So thank you so much, Sherry. Pleasure to be right. again.